redeemed? Say so. Come on, give him praise. Are you redeemed? You forgiven? Delivered? Changed? Not the same. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Remain standing for just a second. Just a second. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Preacher, I'm tired of standing. I've been standing longer than you have. I just preached my guts out for about an hour, and I got one more time to go. Amen? So y'all pray for me. Pray for me. Because I got a lot to say, and I need the energy to say it. Amen. I am so glad to be in the house of the Lord today. There is nowhere else I'd rather be than right here with God's people, studying God's Word, bragging about God's blessings on my life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Man, isn't it good to be saved? Listen, I, I am tickled to death. We've got several people to baptize today. We, we, we baptized a bunch in the first service. We're going to baptize a bunch in the second service. And I, I, I want to do this. I really believe this is a, this is a word from the Lord. Uh, I, th- we, we have got into a, a situation in the church in America where a lot of people think that the moment that you believe in Christ, well, it's, it's a done deal. Everything's done that needs to be done. Well, that's just not the case. The moment you believe in Christ, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and, and you're, you're on your way to heaven, but, but God has got something for you to do here on earth. And, and Paul begins to talk about that, and that's what I want to share today. Uh, what do we do now? After, after we come out of that baptistry, after we have committed our life to Christ, after we walk out, you know, we dry off, what do we do then? Well, that's what we're going to see. That's what Paul is dealing with here in Romans chapter number 12. If, you, if you're with me, say amen. amen. Look in verse number 1. Romans 12 in verse number 1. He says, I beseech you. That means beg. He said, I beg you. I beseech you, therefore. One of the key verses in the whole passage is that verse, that word right there. One word. One word. It, it, it brings everything out. Therefore. If you're ever reading your Bible, if you're ever studying the Word, and you come across the word, therefore, that means you need to back up and read what came before it so you know what it's there for. Y'all with me? In other words, in other words, what Paul is saying in, in chapter number 12, what I'm fixing to say, what I said before, is the reason what I'm fixing to say now. Does that make sense? All right, and I'll explain that in just a second. He said, I beseech you, therefore, because of what I said from Romans 1 to Romans 11, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable. reasonable. He's not saying this is above and beyond the call of duty. He's saying what I'm asking of you, what I'm expecting of you, it's just reasonable. I mean, it's just a reasonable thing to do because of what God did in Romans 1 through 11. This is just a reasonable thing to ask. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the spirit in this place. I love this place, and I love being a part of it. I love getting to come to it. It is a privilege and an honor to be a part of what you are doing on this corner of this earth. God, I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that, Lord, I'll be so anointed and and so covered in your spirit, Lord, that I won't say anything out of place. I won't forget anything I need to say. 
God's people will be encouraged and people will be helped and people will be guided and directed in this place. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you've done already and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that what we are reading, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. When you talk about, uh, when you talk about sacrifice, when you talk about surrender, when you talk about letting control of your life and giving up and giving it over to God and saying, okay, God, you are the boss now. God, you are in charge now. You are leading. You are guiding. You are directing. I'm no longer the boss in my life. That is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So I, with that being said, Paul, before he ever told you to surrender, before he ever told you to have a living sacrifice, before he ever let you know what is expected out of you, he began to tell you in the beginning of Romans, first, that all mankind is condemned. All mankind are sinners. They were born sinners. They arrived sinners. They broke the law of God. And before he ever said what he expected out of you, he informed us that we were in sin. It says in Romans chapter number 3, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He informed us that because of sin, condemnation has come upon this earth, and sin has to be paid for. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So before he ever asked for anything, he said you were a sinner. He said that sin has to be paid for. And then he said this, But that God commendeth his love toward you and me, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did not die for the good. He did not die for the blessed. He did not die for people that had it all together. He died for the sinner. He died for the one that nailed him to a cross. He died for the one that put the whip on his back. He died for the one who put a crown on his head. He died for the one who was spitting in his face. Somebody say amen if you're glad that Jesus died for you. He said, he said, God commendeth his love toward us, not when we got good, not when we turned over a new leaf, not when we got all better, not when we got our act straight. Are y'all with me? He died when we were helpless and hopeless. He gave his life for me. And the Bible says also in Romans chapter number 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that whosoever means me, and that whosoever means you, that whosoever means the weak, that whosoever means the one who everybody else has cast out, that whosoever means the one that everybody else has given up on. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A drunk can call upon the name of the Lord. A harlot can call upon the name of the Lord. A drug addict can call upon the name of the Lord. A whoremonger can call upon the name of the Lord and shall be saved. Somebody say amen. So, therefore, therefore, you are on your way to hell. And he stepped in. Therefore, you couldn't fix yourself. You couldn't help yourself. You were like the, the psalmist who said, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay, 
and he set my foot on a rock and established my goings and put a song in my mouth. Somebody say amen. You couldn't do anything about your circumstances. You couldn't, you couldn't repair yourself. You couldn't do enough good to fix yourself, but he came to where you were. Therefore, we had a, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in an in old-time church, and y'all can tell this rubbed off on me a little bit. And we, we had an older gentleman who loved to get up and sing. When my Savior reached down for me, he said, I was near to despair when he came to me there. Are y'all with me? The other word, I like taking the verses and putting them all together. I make up my own verses. He said, I was wretched and vile as can be. That's when my Savior in love Came down from above when my Savior reached down for me. How many of y'all remember the day that, that when you were broken and you were undone and you realized that point that you were at the lowest part of your life, but Jesus loved you so much and he said, how many remember the moment you got saved? Well, if you can, therefore, therefore, I beseech you, by the mercies of God. Because God had mercy on a broken soul. I beseech you therefore. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. I, I, want, I want to give you three things. The intro is a lot longer than the message. So don't get wigged out about it. Amen. But you need to understand. What I'm fixing to tell you is going to sound hard to do. But you need to understand he has a right to ask this of you because of what he did for us. Because of the therefore, he can, he can ask this of us. Number one, every Christian after he's saved, every Christian after he's baptized, every Christian after he comes to know the Lord and he begins his journey with God, the first thing that God says to do, there has to be a presentation. Say that with me. There has to be a a presentation. He says, therefore, I, I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present. Say that with me. Ye present. ye present. In other words, you step up. You step up and say, God, here I am. Ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, if we go through the Old Testament and we study about sacrifices, I don't know if you've ever studied about sacrifices, but most sacrifices died. I mean, they were killed. You came to give something to God, you killed that sacrifice. That sacrifice no longer lived. Well, theoretically, theoretically, God is not saying, I want you to die for me. He is saying, because I died for you, I want you to live for me. But as the sacrifice, there is a death that does take place. There is a death to our own will. There is a death to our own desires. When you come and you present yourself to God, you're saying, God, I'm no longer in charge. I'm presenting myself. I'm surrendering myself. I'm giving up control. Lord, here am I. Send me. Somebody say amen. amen. So you, you, God is expecting all of us, not just a preacher, not just a missionary, not, not, not just the, the evangelists. Uh, everybody's got this idea that, that those people 
are the ones that need to surrender. No, 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 no. If you are saved, therefore, Paul is speaking to you. Now watch, now watch. What is this? How, does, how do we apply this to everyday life? Look what it says in Romans. <clears throat> Look what it says in Romans chapter number 6. Romans chapter number 6. Look what it says. Neither yield, that means give over. Say, okay, here it is. Here it is. Neither yield ye your members. Now, the word members there means your body, your, your hands, your ears, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your feet. In other words, he says, don't give your hands to the devil. Some of us need this. Don't give your mouth to the devil. Y'all with me? Some of you need this. Don't give your keyboard to the devil. Hello? Don't give that over. He says, don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Watch this. Watch this. This, is, this goes right with Romans chapter 12, verse 1. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Now watch. Here it is. And your members, that's your, y'all know what these are? All right, now I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yield your members as, as. Now, I looked that word up. That, that word literally means a tool or a weapon. A tool or a weapon. You know what he's saying here? You need to give God yourself so he can use it as a tool or a weapon. Now, what is a tool? A tool is something you build with. A weapon is something you battle with. Do you realize that God wants to use you in the war against evil? God wants to use you in the building of his kingdom. God wants you, listen, he wants to use you to bring glory to himself. And you have to take the time to come to God and say, God, here am I, send me. But let me tell you where most Christians are today. I want to go to heaven, but I don't want nobody to tell me what to do. I want my ticket to heaven, but I don't want, I want to do my thing. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want nobody bossing me around. I don't want God to tell me what to do. I don't want God to tell me where to go. I don't want God to tell me how to live. I don't want God to tell me how to dress. Well, there's only one problem with that. You're not in charge no more. Remember the therefore? Can, can I be honest with you a little bit this morning? Let me tell you about the most miserable time in my whole Christian life. The most miserable time in my whole Christian life. I was, I was saved. My name was in the Lamb's Book of Life. I was born again. I knew who Jesus was. But there came a place in my Christian life. I was at a, I was at a camp meeting service at my dad's church. Now, some of y'all, when I say camp meeting, you think, you know, we're on the creek, we got a tent. That's not what I'm talking about. Now, if, if you're, if you're uh, 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 from the old school like I came from, you understand camp meeting service was a souped-up revival. You didn't just go to church at night. You went to church in the day. I mean, we did two things. We churched it, and we ate it. Amen? Because we had breakfast, lunch, and uh, or lunch, supper and dinner, however you want to call it, dinner, supper, whatever uh, it was. Hey, we ate and we went to church. Well, during that period of time, during that period of time when I was a kid, Dad would let us stay out of school if we went to church. 
and I was all about that. Say amen. Now, I was, I was still young where church wasn't really high on my priority. I knew who Jesus was, and I was saved, but, you know, some of them preachers were boring. Let's be honest. Come on now. Can we say amen right there? But I wanted to get out of school, so, hey, if I go to church, I can get out of school. So here I am in that church service. I'm not paying real close attention, and I'm sitting there kind of goofing off, to be honest with you, and all of a sudden there was a preacher by the name of Brother Bob Green. Brother Bob Green was one of the missionaries we support. He's a dear friend of our families, and, and he was out there, and he was preaching, and he's about six foot five, six foot. I, I'm telling you, when he's preaching, he looks like he's about 8'10". But he's up there preaching, and he's got this long arm, and he's a slinging, and he's a preaching, and he's going after it. And, buddy, he was preaching on surrendering to God and serving God and, and all that kind of thing. And about that time, he stopped in the middle of his message, and he threw that hand out, and that finger looked like it went all the way to the end of my nose, just a dangling. And he said, I want that boy to be a missionary. I thought, oh, oh, who are you pointing at? Point that thing somewhere else, man. Is there anywhere? He said, I want that boy to be a missionary. Now, the only problem with that is I grew up in church, man. I saw missionaries had to eat crickets and stuff. Say amen. Man, missionaries had to go to crazy places. Missionaries had to go where cannibals lived. And, man, they'll eat a brother. Say amen. I don't want to be a missionary. Have you lost your mind? Man, I, I, and I thought, oh, God, oh, God. What is it? He has cursed me. I don't want to be no missionary. And from that moment on, there was this mortal fear. I'm going to have to be a missionary. And boy, as I got older, God began to deal with me about preaching. And I said, oh, no, I can't surrender to preach. If I surrender to preach, that's the next step to being a missionary. I said, I can't, I just, I can't run no more. Lord, if you want me to, if you want me to preach, I'll preach, but I ain't going nowhere. Now, y'all laugh. Y'all go ahead and laugh. Laugh. Just laugh. But some of y'all are right there with me. Now, Lord, I'll go to church, but don't you make me invite nobody. Come on. Y'all with me? I'm going to tell you like Jason Crabb said last night, get the halos down. Pull them down. Well, I surrendered to preach, and I, you know, I, I had... I had my reserve on. How many of y'all like watch, going to auctions? Anybody like going to auctions? I love auctions, man. I love, I, I want to bid on stuff, but I just don't want to buy nothing. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I just like to be the guy that just, <laughs> I just want to be that guy, you know? I don't want to buy nothing. I don't have no money to buy nothing, but I just want to act like I'm going to, you know what I mean? Well, I've seen, I've seen the frustration of, of some of the people. They're bidding on this car or horse or whatever it is. And, 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 and the first time I ever really understood what this is, it, it, I was at a horse sale. And, man, they were bidding on it. And I thought, my soul, somebody's fixing to get them the deal of a lifetime on this horse. It's unbelievable. Well, no more bid. I said, he's got it. They say, no sale. I said, no what? What do you mean no sale? He said, there was a reserve. There was a reserve. In other words, if it didn't get to a certain point, he was not going to sell it. He had his limit. He had his limit. You say, preacher, what's that got to do with us? There's too many Christians that's got their limit. God, I'll serve you up until. Yeah, come on. 
I'll, I'll serve you. I'll surrender as long as you don't ask me to do. Well, guess what? God don't play that. God, he runs a no-reserve auction. When you come to him, you can't say all but. You have to say all. Y'all with me? I'm, I'm, I'm going to prove something here, and I, I'm, I'm going to show something. Y'all going to get some help today. I, I'm telling you, y'all going to get some help. Because some of y'all have been saved a long time, and you wonder why you don't feel fulfilled. You wonder why you go to church, and you read your Bible, and you sing some songs, and you still are not satisfied. You still don't have peace in your heart. You still have that gnawing feeling. You still are like me. When I said, God, I don't want to be a missionary. I even went to Bible college. And the whole time, I'm thinking in the back of my head, God, don't make me be a missionary. Went to Bible college, graduated. Went down to my dad's. I had this idea, if I go down and be my dad's uh, associate pastor, then I don't have to go. And you know what I felt the whole time I was down at my dad's? I'm not supposed to be here. I leave, and, and, and I go back to South Carolina, and I, and, and I took a little church Long Branch Baptist Church in South Carolina. God saving people like crazy. Um, God done some incredible things. I thought I'd spend the rest of my life there. But you know what? The whole time in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be. I'm supposed to be a missionary. God's going to make me be a missionary. And I thought if I, could just, if I could just build this church good enough, God would see that I need to be here and not there. How stupid is that? How many of y'all know you can't bargain with God? Well, God showed me it was time. And I just thought I can't. I, I, how many of y'all have ever been running from God to the point you just can't run no more? Well, I got to that spot and I said, God, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that anxiousness. I'm tired of having no peace. I'm tired of always thinking I'm supposed to be somewhere else. God, I, I don't care. I don't care where it is, Lord. I don't care where it is. Here am I. Send me. I surrender. I'm tired of running. And all of a sudden, God said, okay. Okay. You say, preacher, did he want you to be a missionary? Nope. Did he want you in Zimbabwe? Nope. You know what he wanted? He wanted me to be willing. He said, all right, there's a little place on the corner of Campground Road in Coleman, Alabama. That's where you're going to be a missionary. Yeah. So God knows. Alabama needs a missionary. Say amen. <laughs> but he, he, said, he, he said, okay, now you're ready. And some of you are holding so tight. You have no peace, no joy. You're saved. Yep, yep, you're saved. You've been baptized. Yep, yep. But you've never said, Lord, I present myself to you. Use me for your glory. You see, some, some God will use you to preach. Some God will use you to teach. Some God will use you to paint. Some God will use you to cook. Some God will use you to be a blessing to others in, in various ways. But let me ask you a question. Have you let go and give God charge of your life? Have you presented yourself and said, Lord, here am I? Has there been a presentation? Now, the second thing, I wish that was all there was to it, but then there's a second thing. He says, and then be not conformed to this world, but be ye, say it with me, be ye 
be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, the word transform is, is where we get our word. It's, it's the Greek word metamorpho, which we get our word metamorphosis. Now, metamorphosis is the, the process that takes place, we know as the illustration, with the caterpillar and the butterfly. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. It is the inside. And, and, and you know what? Honestly, I was studying that this week. I was studying that. I do a lot of studying in the tub. And I was in the tub, and I was reading that, and God started speaking to me, and I almost drowned in about that much water right there. I got so excited about the fact, and, and, and over a simple thing, a simple story, a simple illustration about a caterpillar. You see, a caterpillar is a prickly little fella. He's an ugly little fella. He is not somebody that somebody wants to take home and introduce to mama. Say amen right there. I mean, they are ugly things. And you know what? They crawl real close to the earth. Now, if you know about Bible study and all that, earth is a type of the world. It's a type of sin. It's a type of darkness. And, and that caterpillar, in his caterpillar state, he crawls close to the earth. But there is something that takes place. There is a metamorphosis that takes place. And this is what God shared with me. He said, this is what I mean. A metamorphosis, a transformation, is a change on the inside that affects the appearance and the activity of the outside. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that caterpillar will go through a change. He'll go through a transformation. And at one point, he walks close to the earth. But when that transformation takes place, he will fly high above the earth. He will rise above his past. He will rise above. His, are y'all with me? His appearance is different. His activity is different. Why? Because there was a change on the inside that affected the outside. If you say you know the Lord, if you say you've been redeemed and you still look the same, you still act the same on the outside, honey, something didn't happen right, you better check up on what you got. A change. Have you been changed? I'm not saying are you going to church. I'm not saying, are you singing the songs? I'm saying, have you been changed? Is there a difference in your life? Are you different before than that you are now? Somebody say amen. amen. It's a process. Salvation is an instantaneous thing that God does the moment you ask him. But sanctification is a process. Preacher, what do you mean? Dr. Brown asked a lady at Waffle House one time. So, ma'am... Are you saved and a Christian? And this is her response. I, listen, I'll never forget it. She said, Doc, I'm saved and I'm trying to be a Christian. Did y'all catch that? What does that mean? It means you get saved. God changes you. God, there is a, a, a something that takes place supernaturally. But then, but then, there has to be a transformation process. You say, how do we do that? Watch what the Word says. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation. The word conversation means behavior. He says, put off the, concerning the former conversation or behavior of the old man, what you used to be, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be, what's that word? Renewed. Say it with me. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Watch Colossians chapter 3. This is, this is where we draw it together. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man. Watch this. Here's, here's the key. Which is renewed in 
knowledge. You say, preacher, how does that, how does that transformation take place? It's through knowledge. When we take in the Word of God, you see, here's what happens. There's too many churches trying to, trying to change people from the outside. If you come to church here, you've got to wear this, and you've got to act like this, and you've got to cut your hair like this, and you've got to talk like this. And, and, in other words, apply outward pressure to conform them to their image. I've been to churches about 20 or 30 people, and everybody looked the same. I'm talking about look like robots because they were almost identical. And then I learned after going there for a little bit, I, I see why. Because if you don't conform to what they think you ought to be by looks, appearance, and all that, then you can't hang out with them. Now, watch the two words that are used. Be not conformed to this. The word conformed, you know what that means? It means pressed into a mold. You see, this is what the world does. The world will apply pressure to you to form you into their mold. In other words, they'll apply peer pressure. Culture will apply. They're, they're doing it now. This world is trying to pressure you into believing same-sex marriage is normal. They're, they're trying to pressure you into saying shacking up is just, a, it's okay, it's just a thing of life. No, 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 no. They're trying to apply pressure to you will act and look and behave just like they do. But God says that's not how we operate. We don't operate from pressure from the outside. How do we operate? A transformation. That happens from the inside. So, preacher, what are you going to do? Are you going to get a bunch of rules? Nope. I'm going to preach the Word. I'm going to teach the Word. I'm going to apply the Word. I'm going to live the Word. And listen, as this Word gets into me, whatever needs to happen on the outside will happen because of the influence on the inside. Preach it, Bishop, preach it. You me tell you why people are leaving churches one after another? Young people are leaving in droves because we are trying to press them in a mold. We're trying to use outward pressure, and the only image we conform them into is our own. We're not to conform people in our image. We're to transform them into his image. Y'all with me? Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. After you're saved, after you're baptized, he wants you to present yourself before him and say, here am I. He wants you to take the Word of God and He wants you to read it and He wants you to learn it and He wants you to study it. He wants you to ingest the Word and bring the Word in because when that happens, there'll be a change. The Word will change how you think. The Word will change how you behave. The Word will change how you act. The Word will change everything about you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Then lastly, first there's a presentation that's expected. Why? Therefore. Romans 1 through 11, all I've done for you. Therefore, I want there to be a presentation. I want there to be a transformation. Then lastly, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now here's the thing. There has to be a confirmation. There has to be a transformation. There has to be a presentation. But there has to be a confirmation. Let me ask you a question. Do you know God's will for your life? 
Do you know God's will for your life? She said, Preacher, I, I, I don't know what that is. Watch what the Bible says. Look in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. If we can put that up here, I'll read it real quick. I'll read it real quick. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Paul is speaking to the church at Colossae, and he is saying, I'm almost done, so don't check out on me, because this is real important, okay? Everybody, everybody perk up. Pinch your neighbor. Don't pinch your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Get this, because this is important, okay? Everything, everything that we've said so far is about what I'm fixing to say, okay? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch, now watch. For this cause we also, Paul said, since the day we heard of your salvation, since the day we heard that you gave your life to Christ, watch what he says. Since that day, we do not cease to pray for you. Now what are we praying for? And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his Do you know what he's saying? Paul the apostle, probably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, is saying, the moment I heard you got saved, the very first thing that I prayed for and the thing I prayed every single day for is that you would know God's will for your life. Now tell me that ain't important. Watch, watch. Be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Watch this here. Why? So that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know what that verse says? If you don't know God's will for your life, you cannot be fruitful and you cannot please Him. Now think about that. If we cannot be fruitful and we cannot please Him, no wonder we're so unhappy. No wonder. No wonder we're not fulfilled. No wonder I go to church all the time and there still seems like there's something missing. No wonder I'm not happy. Now watch, here it is, here it is. Can I say this, can I say this? You say, preacher, I've gone to church for years and I still feel like I don't know God's will for my life. There may be a reason. Watch. Wouldn't it have been a whole lot easier if the moment I got saved, God would have sat me down and said, let me show you what I got for you. Now, some of y'all think like me because I hear you cackling. Now, you know I'm telling the truth. Wouldn't that have been a whole lot easier? If he could have just said, the moment I got saved, okay, son, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be in Coleman, Alabama. You're going to be pastor in Temple, and you're going to... To me... That would have saved me a whole lot of grief. <laughs> Several years of running. But see the way God works. It's not. Here's what we want. <laughs> here's what we want. Okay, God, tell me what you want me to do. And then I'll decide if I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's not the way it works. It's, okay, God, I'll do it. Now tell me what it is. How, does anybody in here, does anybody in here watch MMA fighting? Raise your hand if you watch MMA fighting. There's some saved people in here. Amen. All right. I, hey, MMA fighting is like, is like real fighting. That, 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 little, that little sparring match that happened last night, that's not real fighting. 
If you can't kick somebody, that's not a real fight, man. I don't care who you are. Y'all with me? Do I, have a, do I have a witness back there? Amen, Brother Jonathan. If you can't just put your hand around him and choke them down to the ground, you ain't fighting. I don't care. Dance around, prance around. I ain't fighting. Amen. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy, and I'm going somewhere with this. There's a guy named uh, 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 Cowboy, uh, Don, is it Don, Donald Cerrone? Donald Cerrone. He's a little, he, he, he's a little wormy fellow. And he, he, he's not, I don't, know what, I don't know what pound he fights in, but 150. See, he ain't big as a minute. 150, that's all he is. And, 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 and this, is his, this is his motto. Anybody, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Well, I saw, I saw one of them memes. How many of y'all know what a meme is? Where they put that picture on the, on the, on the Facebook or whatever, and they'll put some smart aleck comment, and they got a picture right there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all look like y'all been on memes, all right? Come on. Well, it's got him, it's got him, it's got him sitting at a conference table like they're, they're interviewing him. He said, yeah, I'll fight him. Who is he? Now, if you follow MMA, you'll, you'll appreciate that. You know what he's saying? I don't care who he is. I don't give. Hey, listen, you just tell him, sign his name right here. You come on. Let's get it on. You know what God wants from you? God, I don't care what it is. I don't care where it is. I don't care what you want me to do. I'm in. Tell me what you want. You see, we've got it backwards. Some of y'all think you're going to wait on God to tell you what it is, and then you can decide whether you want to do it or not. You know what? If you have that attitude, God will never tell you. God never told me about Coleman, Alabama, till I said, I don't care where it is, God. You just use me any way you see fit. If it's Zimbabwe, if it's Argentina, hey, just give me the grace to do it. And then God says, okay. Preacher, what are you saying? Some of you don't know God's will because you're not surrendered. You're trying to wait till he tells you to decide whether you want to surrender. You've got it backwards. You've got to say, God, here am I. Send me. I want to do an invitation. And this invitation is going to be different than most invitations because it's, it's really, now we're, we got, we'll have altar workers here. We'll have altar workers here to deal with anybody who wants to get saved. We'll have a Bible in our hand. We'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved. But ladies and gentlemen, this invitation is not technically for the lost. It's for the saved. Because I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. If you know Jesus because of what he's done for you, I want to challenge you to all the way around this altar, I want you to find a place and say, God, today I'm tired of running. I'm selling out today. I'm surrendering today. You see, this is called a presentation altar. A presentation altar. Preacher, what are you saying? I want you to come and present yourself to God. And say, God, wherever, however, whenever, I'm here, use me. Will you do that today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I pray that you'll use this word to touch us and help us and change us and lead us. God, I pray that you'll use this word to help us surrender to your perfect will for our life. So that we can prove it. So we can know it. So we can accomplish it. Father, I pray that your will be done. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, uh, altar workers, if you could just move forward, give them place. Just move forward. Just move forward.
Come on, guys. Come on. This is the invitation. You need to surrender today. Come on. If you're saved, you're a child of God, I want you to come renew that commitment to God. I want you to find a place in this altar and renew it. Say, God, I'm surrendering. I'm selling out. I am I'm giving it all to you today. No matter where, no matter. That's it. All over the building. Get up out in them chairs. Find a place in this altar. Find a place in this altar. Say, God, it's about you. God, it's about you. Come on. Come on. Come on. You say, preacher, I've been saved a long time. Yeah, but you might not have surrendered. You've not, you, you, you haven't let go. You haven't let him have his way. That's it, all over the building. All over the building. If you're here to be baptized, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you're here to be baptized today. If you'll follow, uh, come to my left, if you'll just work your way around this building and go over here to my left, they'll tell you where to go. They'll help you right there at the curtain. There'll be somebody there to assist you. Miss Tracy's there. If you're here to be baptized, if you'll come out of the out of the, the balcony and out of the altars, if you'll come and go to my left. Father, I pray for all these that are at this altar. I pray for those that are at the altar in the balcony. God, we're here letting go. We're here throwing in the towel. We're here surrendering our life to you. We're here surrendering our heart to you. We're here to say anytime, anywhere, any place, whatever you want from me, whatever you want from me, God, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. I pray that you'll help us mean that. I pray that you'll help us apply that to our life. I pray that you'll help us to serve you in the best way we know how. Lord, I'm praying for total, total surrender, total commitment. God, I pray that your perfect will be done. Lord, we'll thank you. We'll praise you. We'll give you glory and praise and honor for all that you do and all that you've been in our life. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You take all the time you need to pray. You take all the time you need to pray. Let's all stand. We're going to sing. I want you to sing this verse of invitation with us as we sing. Please as we sing. forgive me. God is speaking to you. You need to I be need saved. I need your Come grace on. to make it through. You need to be saved. Come Lord, on. We'll all I have is you. I'm at oh, your mercy. I hope you, I hope you told God whenever, Lord, however. I'll Lord, I surrender serve you. all. I give you my life. You say, preacher, I, I need to join up the temple. Come day. on. Come on, here's a Help good time to do it. Here's a good time to do it. At your mercy. Singing with us. If you know the Lord, song, sing it with Brother David. Forgive me. Help us, Lord, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me.